1: Well, hello there and welcome to the show. I hope you're ready to revel in wrong think. That's what we have on tap today. And political consultant Gary Welch joins me. Hi, Gary.
2: Hey, Brian, and I'm feeling a little confrontational today. Oh, good. Oh, good. Maxine Waters would want you to feel that way. She, in
1: fact, she's, <laughs> she's urging you to be more confrontational. No, this is uh, we, we have a lot of interesting stuff to talk about, and that's probably as good a place as any to, to start. People are on edge uh, and, and not everybody's ready to go out there and be confrontational. A lot are just watching the people assembling, watching this uh, verdict, uh, watching for the verdict in the Derek Chauvin case up in Minnesota. The police officer accused of, of killing uh, George Floyd. What are your thoughts as you see this? Does it seem like does it seem like somebody is waiting for their uh, L.A. riots? Ninety two uh,
2: two point oh to happen. So the first thing that came to mind when I saw that, the comments and was reading about it was that this is not the first time she's done it. It's not the second time she's done it. It's not the third time that she's done this. This is her fourth time of going out before a black audience in a very tension environment where there's, you know, a lot of this was during the BLM events that were going on last summer And she's going out there and using words that are, you know, she can get away with saying, well, that's not what I was saying. You know, what what is confrontational? What does that mean? I'm not telling them to do things. But when you look in the context of what what she is saying, she is absolutely trying to start a riot. It sure sounds
1: that way. And, and considering what we saw happen, not only for the last half of last year, but uh, following uh, the incident, notice I'm not calling it a riot or insurrection, the incident at the nation's capital um, on January 6th, boy, there's a double standard that just jumps right out at you.
2: But she gets away with it each and every time. And, she, and I, I I actually am concerned about this and that there is this double standard, but my whole point is, you know, the Democrats are very good about using the impeachment process to get what they were wanting to do, even though they knew it wasn't going to go through. They they wasn't that that wasn't the purpose. The the purpose of that impeachment was to derail Trump during during their election. And I'm like, why aren't the Republicans doing this? I mean, why aren't they aggressive like the Democrats? Go ahead and impeach her. You know what do you got to lose by this? You you guys are already wasting tons of money, so you can't look at it from that perspective. Why not? You, you, will she get convicted? No, no, it won't. It probably won't even make it out of committee. But I would introduce the impeachment orders into it. It is it, it, by by recognition, it would be an impeachable offense. They've already established that.
1: Yeah. Considering what was being said about uh, about President Trump. And I don't know if you caught this yesterday. Did you see that uh, finally, even the newspaper of record, the New York Times, uh, came out with a story and admitted that uh, police officer Brian Sicknick, who passed away the day after the incident at the Capitol, January 6th, died of two strokes. He had two separate strokes. He was not murdered by, you know, Trump mobsters. He uh, he died of natural causes. And yet this is a story that was brought up at the impeachment of the president. You know, the second impeachment. It was it was, you know, shouted to the heavens by all these various media outlets. And it was not founded in truth.
2: Oh, this is a very typical media ploy. And that is you hide the truth and you tell the lie while it's critical that you do so. And then after you get the results that you want, then you come out with a little side note. Oh, by the way, we want to issue a retraction or we want to issue a correction or, you know, just to clarify, this is what happened. You got your results. So who cares at that point?
1: Yeah, it's it's an excellent illustration that Maxine Waters you know can say these kinds of things and, and that there's, you know, of course, a blind eye turned to it. If if not a knowing nod of. Mm, yeah. And that's that's that idea that victimhood has replaced morals And personal integrity. And as long as you can claim victimhood, wow, it's what you can get away with or what you can be expected to get away with is pretty much, you know, the sky's the limit.
2: So are you tributing that her ability to get away with these comments is solely based upon her race and her sex? I think it's based on her
1: professional victimhood and her appeal to victimhood for the rioters as well. I mean, I look, I remember this because I actually paid attention during the 92 riots. And Maxine Waters was one of the people who was saying, and I quote, we must try to understand their rage as they were burning down South Central L.A. And she has not changed her tune in the last, you know, 20 some odd years, she, almost 29 years. She has uh, she has been very consistent. But it's this idea that I am aggrieved and because I'm aggrieved, you owe me, you have to feel bad, and you have to do everything that I tell you to. And it's, it's a control freak's dream come true. For the rest of us, it's a nightmare, and it is not getting better.
2: So one of the things that I find that is really egregious in her comments, though, is she is basically telling everyone, and she's telling the jurors, and she's telling the judge... If we do not get the outcome that we want, justice be damned. Scenario, yep. you yeah. are going to be responsible for a riot. Isn't that? Wouldn't you can classify that as jury tampering and 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 trying to you know uh, do something with the with the process the the process of justice of that court? I would think like as a judge, I would almost be like calling her out and citing her for for that
1: the judge did call her out, but stopped short of actually uh, applying any you know remedy for it and in fact, I think the judge if i if I heard this correctly yesterday said this could very well be grounds for appealing the outcome of this case because of her comments that could constitute enough interference that um, whatever the verdict is could be appealed just based on that alone that's saying something
2: it is and and you know that. That whole approach, like I said, if I was a judge in that case, I think I would have probably, you know, issued something like contempt of court or actually told her, you know, told the uh, deputies to go out and arrest her for 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 basically tampering with the jury. I don't know what all the laws involved with that, but I know that you cannot use riots and incitement to get a, a an outcome in a verdict and get away with it. That that is absolutely true. Illegal. Well, like I was like I was telling
1: my audience in the other hour of the show, uh, not to worry, though, Gary, uh, as we speak, Al Sharpton has flown his private jet up to uh, to Minnesota to to bring his calming influence and reasoning to an otherwise volatile situation. They're in good hands, my friend.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no worries there. Right. We don't have to worry about anything happening if if the verdict doesn't go their way, because, yeah, Al Sharpton will definitely calm them down. Like he has done so many times before.
1: Yes. And can you imagine what it must be like for those jurors? I mean, look, the pressure of being on the jury, that's significant. If you take it seriously, if you believe, look, really, this is about justice and this is about making sure that due process is observed and the case is proven, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt. Those poor jurors, though. Uh, the implied threats. And, and, you know, just to illustrate how, how that goes, um, I'm sure you heard the story about the the EMT here in Salt Lake City who sent $10 to the legal defense fund of Kyle Rittenhouse, the, the guy who shot a couple of rioters in Kenosha, Wisconsin, last summer. And he was doxxed. There was an ABC4 journalist who showed up on his doorstep showing clearly, look, there's his front door. Here's his neighborhood. And, and wanting to, to get his side of the story. I mean, it was it was a very subtle but not so subtle form of uh, you know we know where you live why would you support this uh, this murderer
2: scary stuff it is and and i think you even brought this up on on a previous show last week where you were talking about their use of intimidation and their use of violence to to get the results that they want and you and you you you, you held back to the 1920s and 1930s in, in other places where they have done this. And you and I have talked about this where this is not new.
1: No. It's it's disturbing to see and I you know, to me this is the pessimist speaking, so take it with a grain of salt. Uh, to me the the scary part is it indicates that we are veering away from the rule of law, and I mean hard veer away from it and rule and and, and veering towards lawlessness starting with the people who allegedly are the lawmakers, the people we're supposed to be looking to to set the example. And it's it's pretty chilling. And it makes you wonder, gee, what else might they have in store for us? Do we really want to know?
2: Let's ask Maxine.
1: Yeah, let's ask her. Maxine, is there anything else we can do for you as long as we're down here on our knees groveling? Okay, maybe I'm overstating it. We've got to take a quick break. Gary Welch is my guest. We will be back. Just the other side of these messages.
0: the Brian Hyde Show. This is the Brian Hyde Show. All right. Welcome back to the show. Gary Welch is my
1: guest. Gary, I appreciate you letting me get uh, all that stuff off my chest about uh, Maxine Waters in the the first uh, segment. I don't spend a lot of time talking or complaining about politicians, but I'm very concerned by by what I have seen and and by what continues to play out. Any thoughts from you as far as uh, is uh, is it likely we're going to see unrest and rioting regardless of what the verdict is in the Derek Chauvin case?
2: That's a good question. Um, I think if he's convicted, no, I I would think that although, you know, they're just looking for an excuse, those that are out there trying to do that and promote that, they're just looking for the excuse to do so. But to your point, like what you were talking about, think about it. If you are a juror, I think you have very realistic fears about the safety of yourself and your family. In regards to that trial, and I know if it was me, and I hate to say this, but if I had those legitimate fears, I would go for a hung jury.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's I, and and then I would go for witness protection because <laughs> <I'd wanna, laughs> I would I would want to get yeah. out of there as as quick as possible. I I'm grateful for those jurors who answered the call you know, to show up for jury duty. They have a lot of pressure on them, but um, having sat through a trial, particularly the Bundy's trial down in, in Las Vegas, it was very clear The jury is able to hear a lot of things that the public never really gets. If you're not in the courtroom, there's a lot of facts that will not be covered just because the media will say, well, we think that's irrelevant or it doesn't really fit the narrative. So they spin it to, to, well, well, this is what we think is going to happen. But I'm telling you, when I was when I was following the the Bundy's jury, it was 100 percent clear to me this jury is not going to convict Cliven, Ryan or Ammon Bundy. And I could see it by their body language. I could tell by the questions that they were asking when they were given the opportunity to pose questions to some of the various witnesses. It was very clear the truth was making a huge difference. And I'm assuming that these jurors are likewise hearing things that make it will at least make it pretty clear. This wasn't just a matter of, oh, a cop saw a black guy and thought, hmm, I better kill him right here in front of everybody and on video.
2: And and yeah, so having served on on several juries, and including a murder trial, I actually served on a murder trial. And one of the things that I thought was very interesting is how does the law apply to this? Because you could have a situation where you say, "Yeah, I think this happened. I think that he he did something that he shouldn't do," but the law would be very specific about what criteria would qualify to get the the verdict. That you have to meet these very you know restrictive uh conditions in order to meet that and if it doesn't then you cannot vote guilty you have to say nope they're they're not guilty even though i think he did do it yep. so you know there's there's a lot in that you're absolutely right there's a lot that goes into that that the news will not report but at the end of the day what it if you come out with a verdict um and it doesn't agree with the the rioters there and they hold you responsible like what if you're white you know, that would be, I think, even oh, really, yeah. really scary.
1: Yeah. I mean, you remember at the end of the uh, OJ trial, yeah. remember the juror gave the black power salute to, to OJ. And and look, and, and I had I actually had a coworker who told me once, because I said, yeah, I think OJ was guilty. And she was like, that's because you're racist. And that's, that's only because you believe he did it because of his skin color. And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> I don't think that's the case. But, but you have to wonder, you know, that... that Black Power salute definitely raised some questions in a few people's mind, including my own, as to whether justice actually had had been served so let's talk about this the, and this this leads into just the whole insanity of politics right now and the statements that that some people are making that would be considered insane. How is it that society cannot see this for what it is and and not just this we can take this in other directions too. How is it that they see? Someone saying, you know, only women can give birth as a controversial statement, but that's where we are.
2: Or that trees are are racist symbols. Exactly. That was what triggered it because you were doing your show and you were talking about that. And I, I remembered that in Portland. And I'm like, you're absolutely that is like the most illogical, unreasonable, silly thing to say. And they said it with a straight face and they are looking at it. They actually are sitting down and having this great debate over our trees, racist symbols of racism, right? Somebody is, I, and I get it. Okay. Granted I've been in lots of dumb conversations and I've been looking at people weird. Like, what are you talking about, dude? I, where, and I've talked to crazy people, you know, but to get that media attention and to get that notice and then have people in government actually say, Oh, that's legitimate. Let's we, we, we should look and see if men can menstruate. Uh, okay. I don't get this. And here, that is really my problem is these are, we would classify these as insane comments of a person that is not mentally rational, And yet we hear it all the time. This seems to be, though, one of the hallmarks of a
1: really, truly totalitarian um, belief system. And and I look at, uh, you know, things in the Soviet Union or in North Korea or other places, even under, you know, Nazi Germany. You were not allowed to acknowledge reality that was not approved by the party. And it's, uh, you know, ideological enforcers. And I think the very same thing plays into political correctness. You're not allowed to acknowledge reality. We're supposed to believe. And look, I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to pick on LGBT crowd or anything like this. But we're supposed to believe that sexual relations between two men are absolutely on a par with sexual relations between a man and a woman that can create a new life. To me, there's a very profound difference between those two. And, and that's that's not me making a judgment call And on the ones who do the one way are going to hell and everybody else isn't. I'm just saying one creates life. One does not. But uh, but under political correctness, you're not allowed to, to question that you're not allowed to even acknowledge that there might be a difference.
2: And in order to make their point and to push their agenda, they are willing to go to the absurd and, and that would be my whole point why do you even have to go there I, I wouldn't even argue with you about having a homosexual relationship okay you want to have one that's your business that's your thing
1: exactly go for it
2: why do you have to go out and now now make these absurd statements to to justify that like like oh that changes everything for me you know it's it is ridiculous that they do it yet they do they they push the absurd. They they push the insane, they, they push the, the whole agenda of this really outlandish type of statement, and they get away with it. That's the big thing about this, is that they get away with it. But my thought was this, and, and I, I want to ask you about this. Do you think that the majority of Americans believe them, that they actually accept this, that that men can menstruate, that Trees are racist symbols. That um, you know they, that 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 it doesn't matter what your anatomy is. Uh, you can choose to be a man or a woman, regardless of of, of how you were, your body is. When you, do you really think that the vast majority of the people out there go? Oh yeah, that's, that they're right. I don't think
1: they do. I don't think they accept it as reality. But at the same time, they don't push back on it either. I think they just kind of look at their shoes and, and wish somebody would stop asking these awkward questions if that makes sense it's like we don't want we don't want to risk confrontation because the person asking those questions well do you believe this huh do you accept this is is spoiling for a fight and I think most Americans are like ah, I don't really want to get in a fight so they'd rather acquiesce by silence than than stand up and say that's ridiculous I'm surprised you would even ask me such a thing
2: So one of the things that I I talk about a lot is that, you know, how the news lens is distorted. It's a fisheye type of lens. It's never reporting things the way they really are. And they're not showing you the way things really are. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. Are we reacting to a very small, small subset of what's going on?
1: Okay, this is a good question. And I think at the base of that question, are we letting our strings be pulled? (laughs) We'll, We'll tackle that. Just the other side of these messages.
0: This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Gary Welch is
1: my guest. Gary, as we went to break, you were posing a question that I think deserves to be asked, and that is, are we being played? Are we reacting to some of these outrageous statements that are being made? And is that the right way to should we be reacting like we're reacting? It's a fair question. And your response? Um, I feel like I am. This is one of the reasons why I limit a lot of my media intake, because I find my my level of frustration and sometimes outright anger goes up directly in proportion with how much media I'm consuming. And I'm not looking for reasons to get mad, but it's making me mad. When I watch, you know, the rioters, the black block Antifa types out there victimizing people, it brings real honest to goodness rage boiling up in my heart. I don't like that because it makes me easier to manipulate. How about you? Do you feel like you're reacting to it?
2: I am. I make a devout effort. So like with Maxine Waters, when you when you brought up the idea to me uh, you know offline before the show started about talking to it about it, I almost wanted to say no, this is not worth it. She does it all the time and we should be ignoring her rather than giving her an audience. But the but the conversation regarding the consequences and the things like that is what intrigued me. But a lot of people like talking about it because it gives them that we are right, you know, that mentality and uh, it, it it feeds into the all liberals are insane concept that these, these folks are absolutely insane. And we want to feed that. And so we jump and we always bite on this. But at the same time, you know what you're doing is giving these folks the the audience that they want, and giving them the media attention that they want because they really don't care. I, if they cared, they would never say these things.
1: Well, and and they want a reaction. And and for me, I mean, this is only because I've I've had to deal with critics for a while, and you know that's that's just part of the territory. I'm not a victim because people have disagreed sometimes strongly with me. But what I learned is most critics are just angling for a reaction. If you deny them the reaction, they just go away. You know, it's, it, there's nothing there for them to feed on. And, and so maybe I'm feeding, you know, uh, Maxine Waters' need for attention or her need to provoke a reaction among people. So it's, I think it's good and healthy to ask that question because it does make us easier to be manipulated when we allow our emotions to get into the situation and become involved.
2: One of the things that you talked about last week was, again, going into the what was going on in the 1920s and 1930s with the rise of socialism. And it was not only just the Nazis that were doing this, but the communists were also making very big moves and pushing very hard. One of the things that they did, though, was they perpetuated these crazy narratives Like all Jews were evil, all Jews were running the world, that type of thing, which would be like just this outlandish narrative. But here was the thing. They pushed it as this is what everybody thinks. We're, we, you're you're the outsider. If you're <laughs> not thinking like this, right? You're the outsider, and that was not the reality at the time that this was all going on. When you look at what Germany was talking about and about Hitler and the Nazis in the in the 19, late 1920s, early 1930s, it was not complimentary. It was they were like these guys are idiots. These are morons. They're really stupid. This is outlandish. But they kept perpetuating these outlandish, and then they they promoted it as this is what everyone believes. You're the outsider if you don't believe that. The communists were very, very good at doing that, too. And it's not just the Nazis. The communists, especially in China, really did push that agenda that everybody believes this way.
1: It's funny, as we were talking in uh, the last segment, it's it's funny that you mentioned, you know, the people who think it's the Jews that are responsible for this and for that. And and. I was thinking as you as you were giving some of the statements, you know, trees are racist and men can have children. And I think back years ago, I was talking to some old gentleman and he w- he didn't look crazy. He didn't look like somebody who was, you know, this wild eyed ideologue. But in a moment when we were, you know, apart from the crowd, he kind of leaned in close and confessed to me. He says, you know, we got a lot of crazy stuff happening right now. And I think if you uncover it, when it really gets down to it. It's the fault of the J.E.W.S. And I was just like, (laughs) "What? (laughs) Okay, I I had no idea that 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 he harbored those kind of feelings. But he actually strikes me as more rational than some of the ones who are making the things that we must believe today, just because uh, I don't know. I don't agree with him either. But let me just say he, he appears to be the more rational of the two.
2: And that is kind of the point that I wanted to make, is that we talk about it. And we give them credence for doing so, because by our reacting to it, we're basically saying, well, we're afraid that the country is going to see your point of view and that they are agreed to you, so we have to address it and confront it and talk about how absurd it is. And I, I, I agree with that we have to fight it, but I don't necessarily think that the way to do that is just going in and saying, oh, that's absurd, that's stupid. I I really think that we should take an attitude of there are consequences for making really stupid, absurd, insane comments. And especially if it leads to something like if it does lead to a riot, I think you should be held absolutely accountable for doing that because the comments you made were absurd. They were over the top. This is not a like, you know, well, I was just speaking my mind type of scenario. No, you had an intention, you had an agenda, and you were pushing that. We, we uh, So like a, a person that says trees are racist symbols, that person should be so humiliated and laughed out of, of the building that they would never, ever come up with a comment like that. If I if I go in into a, a room and a meeting of people and say, and you're all possessed by aliens, Nobody's going to go. Oh, well, we should listen to Gary. He's he's saying we're we're possessed by it. No, you're you're like, dude, out you go. By the way, I'm seeing
1: breaking news that a verdict has been reached, but it will not be read until uh, four o'clock central time. So three o'clock our time, a little over an hour from now, um, the verdict will be announced.
2: Yeah. You got to give the times for the for them to roll in the armored vehicles. Yeah. (laughs) Hunker down. (laughs) Here it comes.
1: I don't know. I, I want to believe that there is still such a thing as as justice. And, And I'll just say this. I don't believe any of us really escapes justice in the most universal sense. Um, there's an ultimate universal justice, and it will come to every one of us, like it or not. And I think that realization probably leads me to, to lean more toward the side of mercy, knowing that I'm going to need mercy at that point, than uh, to, to be so quick to condemn. But, man, I just I see the exploitation that's going on right now uh, by people like Al Sharpton, by people like Maxine Waters, as, men, as well as many others. Um, I mean, for crying out loud, there was a city councilwoman there in... Uh, I want to say it was in Minneapolis, but she was talking about how, hey, instead of burning y'all's neighborhood down, why don't you go over to uh, uh, Lake of the Isles or or, or Isle of the Lakes? Uh, It's a very rich, very exclusive neighborhood. And she's like, go burn their stuff. They have more than they need. They're not even going to miss it. And I'm thinking, this is an elected leader that's saying this kind of stuff. And and Yeah. Boy, you and I were to say something like that, I think we'd have authority knocking at our door toot sweet to, to see what that was all
2: about. As a society, though, we need to insist on justice, not revenge. Revenge does not serve anyone. It does not get where we want to go. And, and if our courts are going to be courts of revenge, we're all in trouble because I'm going to get somebody mad at me at some point, and they're going to go, well, let's go get Gary. Let's take him to court and throw him in jail or take his life, uh, and, and we'll, we'll put it into the excuse that it's a court system. The courts have to be systems of justice, which means that you don't necessarily would get the results that you want, but you get the results that are needed.
1: You know, the the thing that is is most disturbing to me is that The Antifa, I'm just going to use them as kind of the generic term for the people who are out there actually breaking stuff, burning stuff, victimizing people. They seem intent on burning down our civilization. And the question I have, Gary, is why in the hell don't our authorities, people in elected positions or people who are there representing the public, why don't they defend our civilization?
2: as should be their commitment. We've been asking this for over a year now of where are you. you? That is your job, really. If you really narrow down what your job is, the first and foremost is the protection of your citizens and of their property. Everything else is, is kind of secondary to that. You know, protect their rights, protect their lives, protect their property. Everything else you do, uh, community centers and art centers and all that other stuff, is, is far behind that and yet we see no action at all
1: and by the way nobody is safe I mean the, the Boys and Girls Club down in Atlanta which had a huge BLM message on its window absolutely vandalized windows smashed by Antifa overnight so I guess there, there, there's no safety in, in bending the knee to, to the ones who want to be violent we've got to take a break Gary Welch is my guest we'll be back just the other side of these messages
0: this is the brian hyde show this is the Brian Hyde show welcome back to the show
1: hope you're enjoying our little indulgence of wrong think today Gary Welch is my guest and Gary we covered a lot of territory there are a couple there are a couple of things though that I wanted to touch on while we still have some time and since this is the last segment I guess we ought to jump on these um, China making threats to Taiwan now I'll admit with all this stuff going on here at home this one flew under my radar what's the story behind China's threats? against Taiwan.
2: It started with the announcement. They actually announced it ahead of time and they said we are going to fly military aircraft over Taiwan and the reason why is because we're flying it over our own territory. Taiwan belongs to the People's Republic of China and therefore we can fly over it. And Taiwan was very quiet in their response. In the US did a little bit of saber rattling, but not even saber rattling. It was just more of, you can't do that. That's wrong. You cannot do that. So they did it, and they got away with it. Nobody shot the jets down. Nobody fired on them. They flew over. So having been encouraged, they said, okay, we're going to do it again, and we're doing it again just to prove that we can and then we have a message for Taiwan, and that is we are willing to risk war rather than you to get chummy with the United States. If that's the direction you want to go to, of uh, being all nice and chummy with the United States, we are willing to risk war to prevent that from happening. And we've just demonstrated that we are both capable and willing to do so. Interesting.
1: Well, it's not like we didn't have anything interesting going on with Ukraine and Russia and, let's see, Iran and Israel. And, yeah, there's there's a lot of complications out there. You also had brought up space exploration. And I'd like to get your take on this. Uh, Don't tell me that you're doubting that uh, that NASA may have have outlived its usefulness.
2: (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Trust me. um, The one thing that our country needs right now, the most important thing for us is to fly a helicopter on Mars. Oh,
1: <laughs> if only we could have got Al Sharpton to go there as well to bring his peaceful influence, you know, to, to the Martian landscape. But, no, I, I see your point. Isn't it interesting, though, and, and, and I know you've seen the, the news stories, how private space exploration, SpaceX to, to be specific, has really led out, Look at the number of SpaceX launches and developments and and test flights of different lift vehicles. It seems I don't you know I'm not saying that Elon Musk is is Superman, but he has has advanced space exploration
2: quite a bit in just the last few years. More importantly, when you look at their costs, uh, NASA's budget for 2021 twenty three billion dollars twenty three billion dollars. I'm not 100 percent certain on the budgets of all those organizations, but I'm pretty sure it's not twenty three billion a year. No. Look what they're accomplishing, you know, and look at their their approach to this. They're looking at it from a perspective uh, I would say, like a capitalist approach of let's do it for tourism. Let's do it to expand things. Let's get it so that we can go out there and start mining operations on these asteroids. And, and they're testing those feasibilities. And, the you know, NASA spending 23 billion to say, yeah, you can fly a helicopter on Mars. You know, i it, I'm not one of those people that just says, you know, oh, you could spend that on feeding the hungry and all that. That argument is going since NASA was created. Right. But I am saying, is there a better way that our money could be spent? And maybe we should turn it over to someone who could do a better job for a lot cheaper. So
1: um, I want to touch on covid and and in particular how the lockdown paradigm is finally starting to to collapse. And and I, I want to know, first of all, I want to know, would you agree with that? Are, are we starting to see the cracks appear, and and the whole paradigm of this is why we have to stay locked down, come apart?
2: Oh, yeah, this dam is breaking apart and people are getting wet. There's no doubt about that, although there's still a lot of denying of this. Um, so like after you and I talked the last time, I noticed I think it was the Washington Times might have been the New York Times, That is denying Texas's um, numbers. They're saying that it's actually worse than what Texas is reporting, that they're trying to hide it. Interesting.
1: So they believe in conspiracy theories. How fascinating. I'm sorry. I just couldn't resist rubbing that in a little bit. I think what's very telling to me is, number one, the silence of Dr. Fauci in congressional hearings. I mean, he he tries to fall back on platitudes, but um, he he speaks politicians speak. He does not speak in terms of truth or or the principles at stake. And it's very also telling to to see that he's only willing to be interviewed by fawning mainstream TV media anchors um, as well. He won't take any hard questions. And I, you know, I'm not saying it's a slam dunk. I'm just saying, doesn't that tell you something, folks? If he only is willing to appear on places that are willing to be friendly and supportive and here's another softball, Dr. Fauci, we've seen how you throw, you know, um, that that to me is a good indication. The truth is not on his side.
2: Well, how that guy got any credibility at all is amazing to me. He has no credibility. He never did, even in the position that he is. Uh, they, You know, they call him the national spokesperson on this and the expert and the highest authority on this. And right no, he's just a regular government flunky, dude. That's it. That's all he is. Uh, he, he took that job because he couldn't find anything else. Nobody else would hire him. He's not the expert. There's a lot of experts out there and they're saying a whole different story.
1: Interesting. Well, I'm very ha- I'm very hopeful to see the this paradigm come crashing down. But of course, that does leave the question: What's going to replace it? Are we going to return to the values of individual liberty and private property, or is is something else waiting in the wings to move in and take its place?
2: I think you mentioned that that they're already trying to you know you push hard, so you push really really hard to get everybody um, you know you push them ten feet right then you know it's gonna retract on you, but it doesn't retract back to ten feet. It retracts only eight feet. So now you got two feet, you've gained two feet on it. That's always what happens. Nine eleven was the exact same thing. Yeah, we put in a lot of things and now we're we're kindly going back, but we are not where we were pre nine eleven. This is going to be the exact same thing. They're not going to let us go back pre COVID to the way we did things they're going to always say well we should do this and you should do that and let's push the vaccinations and make them mandatory because that'll prevent this in the future and let's get everybody comfortable that when we tell you stay in your home for months at a time you're going to go okay yeah we'll do that
1: yeah i i think if i if i've learned anything from this last year what i have learned or at least the lesson that has stuck with me is if you are determined to be free and to live your life as a free person, don't wait for someone in authority to tell you, "Okay, <clears throat> you can do it now." You've got to just be willing to to step up and say, "All right, I'll take it from here." And whether that you know applies to your wearing masks or whether it applies to you know getting the vaccine, whatever it is, you have to be the one to make the choice. You cannot outsource. Those decisions to people in power, because every time they will make decisions that are for your own good, but actually tend to increase their hold of power and their ability to control you.
2: And I like seeing whole states like Florida, Texas, the Dakotas fighting this and and blatantly ignoring it. And then showing the results of that, because it's not just a political leader. It's not just the governor that's saying this. It's literally millions of people backing it up and saying, yep, this is what it is. Here's here's the outcomes from these things. So
1: is there is there good news that we can share as as we close out to this final segment of of the, the hour here? What's what's any good news you see on the horizon?
2: I'm not sure if I can say, like, good news. I mean, that the, the reaction to COVID is, is what we predicted and which I always thought was going to happen. So I like seeing that, that we are definitely entering into COVID fatigue. But I guess I would say that I'm optimistic, because I tend to be very optimistic in my political thinking, that this is the beginning of something fighting back and that there's, there's going to be people now that are going to step up and start pushing back hard against these what I would classify as tyrannical measures,
1: well, I hope so, you know the, I again, going back to the the people who are just chomping at the bit for a reason to riot and burn and destroy i I still can 't help but feel like we 're being manipulated into a confrontation. I think somebody wants the the reasonable people the law abiding people to start shooting. These these rioters and defending themselves so that it's justification for, you know, federalizing the police or or something like that. You know, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't know. I've got a weird feeling about this, and I I would encourage people be careful. The, The rules appear to have changed right under our noses. By the way, speaking of the rules, you and I are going to be discussing this in an upcoming episode of The
2: Court Interpreters, Correct. Oh yeah, yeah. We're going to be talking about the whole thing of what is a what is inciting a riot versus free speech, and that's going to be a pretty neat topic. Okay,
1: keep an eye out for that episode. It will be coming up. Gary, thank you so much for joining
0: me today. This is the Brian Hyde Show.